Welcome to the first episode of RenX. Today we're embarking on an exploration of how the revolutionary concept of programmable money using blockchain is reshaping the financial landscape, with a keen focus on the recent new announcement made by Grab in Singapore. As of Thursday, September 14, 2023, the landscape of financial transactions in Singapore underwent an interesting shift. All users of Grab's ride-hailing app within the city-state gained the ability to set up a blockchain-enabled wallet, the Grab Web3 wallet, primed to hold digital assets. Grab, operating across eight countries in Southeast Asia, boasts an impressive user base of nearly 31 million active monthly users as of March 31, 2023. But it's not just about ride-hailing. Grab has joined forces with global payments firm Circle Internet Financial to pilot a Web3 blockchain-based wallet right here in Singapore. The Grab Web3 wallet supports the use of SG Pitstop Pack NFT vouchers, a novel initiative that took off alongside the prestigious Formula One Singapore Grand Prix. It's a glimpse into the future where NFTs and stablecoins converge, potentially transforming the way we interact with the economy. And what makes this venture even more intriguing is the empowerment it could offer to users. Imagine earning rewards, collecting digital memorabilia, and utilizing non-fungible token NFT vouchers all within this new Grab Web3 wallet. Grab has stated it is a separate wallet function from their normal digital payments wallet. Currently, you can only use your Web3 wallet to hold two types of digital assets, SG Pitstop vouchers and digital collectibles from the SG Pitstop pack. Any other digital assets will be accessed in the Grab Web3 wallet. However, there is a caveat in which digital assets can be sent out to non-Grab Web3 wallets on the Polygon network. It's unclear at the moment what this exactly means, but I'm looking forward as new developments roll out. Now, one of the major issues I see in the Web3 space since I've delved into it the past three years is the user interface of digital wallets. Normally, there are th several steps to execute a transaction and requires a bit of tech savviness to know what to do. However, in the terms of conditions of the Grab Web3 wallet, I found their explanation of how the transaction verification is done behind the scenes, so the front-end user interface is easy to use just like the ride-hailing functions for the digital payment. In order to access the Web3 wallet and perform a transaction, four private cryptographic key shares are required to be associated with each wallet. This includes a key held by Grab, one by third-party partner, and the remaining two keys are created by and controlled by the wallet user. The user creates a password, that's one key, and a secret recovery phrase, another key, which may be in the form of questions and answers in order for the user to recover their Web3 wallet access. In order to send, transfer, or receive the supported digital tokens in the Web3 wallet, three of four key shares are required. This makes things easier for users. They just need to remember their Web3 wallet password in order to go through a transaction. It's a glimpse into a future where financial transactions are seamlessly merged with the blockchain, revolutionizing the way we interact with value. In the year 2022, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, MAS, introduced Project ORCID, unveiling the concept of programmable payments or purpose-bound money, PBMs. Grab's venture into Web3, driven by NFTs, stands as a testament to the progressive nature of these PBM trials. But what exactly is purpose-bound money? It's a groundbreaking concept that enables money to be directed towards specific purposes 
without the need to directly program the currency itself. It marries programmable payment and programmable money, creating a dynamic framework for diverse use cases, ensuring liquidity and fungibility are not compromised. In other words, PBM can only be used under certain conditions. For instance, a consumer might only be able to use their PBM with a particular merchant, like a voucher. However, once it's with the merchant, there are no limitations. It can be fully, fully utilized. It can also act like an escrow, ensuring a secure transaction between the buyer and seller. As we delve deeper into this venture into the intricate world of programmable money, it's vital to understand the broader context. The rise of digital assets has completely transformed how we perceive and engage with financial transactions on a global scale. From central bank digital currencies, CBDC or to stablecoins and tokenized bank liabilities, the digital realm promises faster, more inclusive and more valuable transactions. However, with these promising prospects come important questions. How does programmability affect money as a medium of exchange? This question has resurfaced in a recent white paper on Purpose Bound Money, published in June 2023 by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, in collaboration with prominent entities like the International Monetary Fund, Amazon, and more. Striking a balance between the promise of programmability and the need to preserve fungibility and liquidity is of paramount importance. It's about envisioning a future where digital money serves a purpose without compromising its fundamental properties. The aim of this pilot initiative is to demonstrate real-world applications of purpose-bound money, a concept that is anchored in a standardized protocol and interoperability, offering a versatile framework for various financial use cases. This journey began with a trial focused on government voucher payouts, part of the MAS Project ORCID. It's a step towards optimizing existing processes and enhancing interoperability, efficiency, and accountability through smart contract code within the traditional finance ecosystem. The Monetary Authority of Singapore has committed to making the PBM, Purpose Bound Money Framework, open source, but financial transactions and settlements remain exclusive to traditional finance. PBMs cannot be created unless they are backed by a digital currency. The issuers of digital currency must be licensed and regulated institutions responsible for securing the stability of their digital currency, which is collateralized with fiat equivalents. Consumers can interact directly with the PBM while their respective banks handle the underlying digital currency. Decentralized finance, or DeFi, is not impacted by the current phase of Project ORCID, as cryptocurrencies were excluded from the outset. MAS has made it clear that cryptocurrencies are unlikely to circulate as money. The digital currency will always be stored on private blockchains managed by financial institutions. However, there is a chance that PBMs could be exchanged via DeFi protocols if implemented as an ERC-1155 on public chain. PBMs can restrict DeFi usage by allowing only approved contract addresses in the wrapper. A public and permissionless blockchain approach seems unlikely if this project follows the path of MAS's separate attempt at asset tokenization under the Project Guardian. Traditional finance relies on credential-based access supported by the legal system to enforce trust. Thus, knowing your customer KYC and anti-money laundering AML requirements will be applicable throughout the PBM chain. 1. 
digital currency issuers, wallet providers, and last mile settlement providers must be regulated financial institutions. 2. PBM creators and redeemers need an account with the digital currency issuer. Wallet providers, virtual asset service providers must conduct customer due diligence to onboard merchants and consumers. Excitingly, self-custodial wallets are being considered, marking a significant step towards consumer autonomy. MAS acknowledges the risk associated with non-custodial wallets such as key recovery and peer-to-peer -peer transactions. In addition to the standard on-off ramps and transaction limits used to identify potentially fraudulent transactions, newer approaches like verifiable credentials are being explored. If implemented according to specifications, verifiable credentials could signify a fundamental shift in digital identity ownership. However, in this path of evolution, privacy remains a critical concern. Preserving transactional privacy in the digital realm is fundamental to maintain the core characteristics of money as it transitions from physical to digital. In its current state, we recognize that the creation of these central bank digital currencies, the CBDCs, is inherently centralized, defining the value flows within a local economy. It's a delicate balance between the financial autonomy and consumer protection a tug-of-war that persists as we move into the future. These are exciting developments and opportunities in the space of Web3 and financial inclusion. Well, that's a wrap for the first episode of RenX. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast and look forward to our next episode as your compass into Web3, Industry 4.0, and sustainability.